Welcome in, take a seat and relax. You are listening to the Troll Show. I am your host, Kerry No Intro Bailey, and today we have a very special guest. My man Nate, aka Mr. Urban Sports, is in the house to talk about Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL for alleged racial discrimination in the hiring process. He's a Dolphin fan. Who better to bring in and talk about that, especially with the allegations about tanking? Because if he did, whew, I don't know if he could own the team for much longer. Also, Miami Dolphins hired a brand new coach. Get his thoughts on that. Speaking of new coaches, my Jacksonville Jaguars have a brand new coach, Doug Peterson. Going to give my thoughts on the press conference, what I think he can bring and everything like that. But, 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 I will not let Shotgun, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trent Baalke, whoever was a part of this, slide about this horrible, horrible head coaching process. So, Nate's up next. Stay tuned. Welcome back, as promised. My man Nate is here, Mr. Urban Sports himself, the resident Miami Dolphins fan. Got a lot to talk about about the Dolphins, so who better to bring in than my man Nate? So what's going on? Yeah, man, what's going on? Been a crazy thing in Dolphin land. First, we all had to endure that crappy Pro Bowl today. And then, you know what I mean? This was just, they need to abolish it. That's horrible. Even I just, I just saw a lot of one hand touch tackle or that would tackle tackle might be a strong word mac Mac jones in the game like he's a pro bowler like what the hell so man man the 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 pro bowl they gotta do something they better off just doing a bunch of skill stuff and just having people do that because they don't even tackle the pro bowl people just letting people run this is not competitive it just it, it need to go but um anyway uh, in case y'all been living under the rock, y'all know what's going on. Former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores filed a lawsuit against the NFL, citing racism in hiring uh, with the Giants. Bill Belichick sent him a text, thought it was Brian Dable saying he had the job. Um, so Brian Flores also talked about Denver a couple of years ago when he interviewed for that John Elway uh, was our already. So seemed as if wasn't taken serious. So Brian Flores, former Miami Dolphins coach, has filed a lawsuit. And also, the Miami Dolphins also hired a brand new coach today, offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel from the 49ers. Now, I don't know how much offensive coordinator he was because we all know Kyle Shanahan calls the plays over there. But, hey, coming from a winning organization, hopefully bring that to Miami. So first, let's, let's talk about your new coach. How you feel about that? Um, I like the coach, uh, Mike McDaniel. Um, like you said, yeah, yeah, I like Mike, I like Mike McDaniel. I liked him for a while. Um, obviously, like you said, um, he doesn't, he didn't play the call, he didn't call the play, Shanahan called the plays, uh, but he, he's very, um, offensive oriented. He's a savant. Um, two problems I do, one, two things I do have a problem with, obviously. Is like when people say about Eric Ben Benemy, that's been a big knock on the offense corner Chiefs. He's not calling the plays and he recalled the plays. But you look at mm-hmm. like this, Mike McDaniel didn't call the plays, but he gets a job. You know what I mean? It's just constant contradiction. I would like to us have at least interview like Byron Leftridge, Eric B. I'd like to have given them opportunity, but you know, we went with Mike McDaniel. Um, obviously, you know, um, he's a guru. I think he's going to do some great things offensively. I think we're in the process of hiring the Michigan um, offensive coordinators, our new offensive coordinator as well. Um, but I think the problem is uh, personnel that we have, and it starts with tour. I think um, we're going to have to get a quarterback because he's just so limited. You know what I mean? Very limited in the. Um, I think even more less limit, more limited than what Jimmy G was. At least Jimmy G did air it out, had an arm, was accurate, pretty thrower. He just wasn't an efficient quarterback. Two has a problem, you know, with uh, arm strength, accuracy, uh, just not a fame, not mobile. So um, I think that we may have an issue with that. But maybe he could pull a rabbit out of the hat. But I know Dolphins fans and Dolphin players, two years in a row, 
we've been right at the cups of making the playoffs and we just collapsed. Yep. So um, I think it's – well, obviously this draft class quarterback-wise isn't that strong, so I don't think we're going to get something um, – a quarterback through there. I think we probably maybe bring a veteran in to test tour and just give tour to make or break year. But, you know, I, all in all, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the hire. I think um, he'll do well, but I just would love to see Eric B. like Leftridge at least get an opportunity. Which I think they said Eric B. supposed to be interviewing with the Saints. So, yeah, apparently that happened over the weekend. But first of all, let me just say this to you: you too loud about the quarterbacks not being good. I need to. I need the Kings ransom for number one pick. Somebody come up for a quarterback for the Jaguars, please. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying. I'm trying to get eight first round picks right now. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, so, but I don't. I don't see it. I, yeah, the quarterback class isn't as strong. Not even close to as strong as last year, even either. Yeah. So. Um, I don't see the Jaguars being able to unless somebody falls in love with a quarterback, which is possible. We still got the combine coming up. Also, somebody might fall in love with a pass rusher. That's possible too. So I'm hoping that somebody falls in love with a prospect to the point where we get a King's ransom, but mm-hmm. remains to be seen. Um, I don't know myself. I don't know much about Mike McDaniel myself, so I can't even grade the hire, so to speak. But, you know, it's always going to be the, oh, they don't call the plays offensive coordinator. That's all well and fine, but Zach Taylor came from the Rams. I mean, they called the plays, and look, they play for Super Bowl next week. Yeah, so, I mean, the enemy called some plays. People made it Andy Reid. Yes, Andy Reid was calling plays at 1.2, but the enemy was calling plays. Byron Leftwich always called the plays in Tampa, and, you know, look what we had. So, I'm, you know, we, we right now, well, Tampa, welcome back, because I was about to say Tampa's the only good team in Florida right now. Uh, but uh, Tampa, welcome back, because Tom Brady gone. So, um, ho- yeah. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping it go it go. It's funny because we both got new coaches now, which is yeah. crazy. But the crazy thing is, is, I trust Doug way more than McDaniel. The only reason why because Doug has a proven record. You know, he's, he's a champion. Yeah, champion things like that. Mike McDaniel is just like you take a a risk on these guys. You hoping, yeah, yeah you hoping that he could he could replicate something what Kyle yeah. Shanahan was doing. Leftwich that got body of work. You got Eric B. that got body of work. These guys yep. got body of work that you know that can transfer to the next level. You know what I mean? Um, but I think at the end of the day, too, is um, with, with McDaniel, I think that's our Achilles Hill. You know, I've always been like that. Even when we was on a win streak this year, I knew Tua wasn't the answer. You know what I mean? I just like he's just not – the level of quarterback is so high, especially in AFC, that yeah. it just – you can't. You got the Lamar Jacksons of the world. You got – Herbert, you got Josh Allen, you got Joe Burrow, you got Trevor Lawrence, who you got, everybody, you know. Mahomes. Mahomes, you got team after team after team that has efficient quarterback play, so you got to play that league. You may have Deshaun Watson if he's playing back in the AFC. You got elite Mm -hmm. everywhere. So what are you going to do to compete with that at the quarterback level? Because until you get that right, KB, I don't care what you do as a team. Any team, I don't care you can get get gurus, you can get all these people – if you ain't got the quarterback right, you're not going to win in this league, especially against these kind of young animals that's in the league right now. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah you're not. You're not. Well, you need a quarterback. This, more probably more than ever because if we got young, because before it was Peyton Manning, Big Ben, you know, Phillip Rivers, uh, Tom Brady, obviously, and now we got a huge influx of young quarterbacks like you just mentioned, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Now in his second year going to the Super Bowl, I fully believe Trevor Lawrence can be. Uh, elite like those guys, and okay. like you said, Deshaun Watson. If he, if he, all that stuff going on with him comes back. Um, and you got second tier guys like Derek Carr, who's not who's a beast. You know what I mean? Yep. Guys like that, like you know. So it's it, it's so competitive, and I think the thing is with like I said, Tua is, is a guy. Not not saying he can win you some games. A lot of guys in the league can win you some games, but they're not franchise quarterback. Like I said, this like Teddy Bridgewater, Kirk Cousins. Yep. They could win you games. Kirk can get you five out of six games, six out of eight games. But do you really want him as your, the face of your, your franchise? No. Tell when you- it comes when it comes down to it, it's pretty much do you trust them? If you need to get down a field, two minutes, whatever, minute 30, you're down three, and you need to get down a field to tie or, or win the game, do you trust them? To Do you trust your quarterback? to get you down the field. That's what it comes down to because if you look at Jimmy G against the Rams in the NFC Championship game, they had they had Tom. They had timeouts. They probably had one timeout, give or take. But Jimmy G had enough time to get them down the field. 
uh, to either tie or possibly win the game. And he didn't show up. And that's the difference right there. And if you look at the game against with Buffalo and Kansas City, it was back and forth, back and forth, score for score. And that's what it was. But, you know, you need that quarterback right now in, in this in the league now, man, more than ever. It, it's, a, it's loaded with young guns. We don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. It's just a lot of back and forth. Who's going to do what? And like you said, there's guys that's going to win you games. Yes, Tua can. Deshaun, uh, not Sean Watson, Teddy Bridgewater. Guys like that. Kirk Cousins, is, I think, is a little tier above that, but still. Yeah. Do you trust him when the money on the line with the money on the table pushed to the middle? And it's like, and eh, not really Teddy Bridgewater, no. But other guys that are elite, like I said, Joe Burrow, second year Super Bowl, and he's been great this year. Mahomes, Josh Allen, all those guys, yeah. So especially in the AFC, mobile teams in the AFC, we you're gonna need that quarterback play. So I understand where you come from with Tua, and not really, tr- not really trusting him. It can't be everything like. Everything gotta be right with him to win. Not saying if that's what it's with too. Everything has to be right. Your defense gotta play well. You gotta have a good running game. You, your receivers gotta be great. Waddle's gotta have amazing game. And it's all these things that in the league you can't because if you look at all the great quarterbacks, Burrow, offensive line in Tennessee just didn't do nothing for him. Still came out, killed it. Herbert doesn't, you know, don't have a lot of offensive line. Just got thrown into the game his rookie year. Been killing it ever since. Lamar Jackson. Two of his best running backs, top running backs, went out this year with injury. He was carrying the load. So all these see you see the greatness, you see the great Allen, you know, time after time after time again, bringing his team back. Tua doesn't, I just don't think he has that. But I think the problem is that you risk dividing your locker room because we got dogs like Xavier Howard, Waddle, who just broke the rookie record. We have all these great, we got Wilkins who had a great year on the line. We have a lot of good weapons, and now they're like, yo, we got a ready-made team. Why do we keep playing around with this tour situation? So that's what we're going to end up risking is dividing the locker room. Because you even look at it like it's in San Francisco. The 49ers played a great, 49ers played a great game against the Rams. Jimmy G just had to not be bad for them to win the Super Bowl. He couldn't even do that. Yep. The thing about Jimmy G is always the same, you or what it comes down to. Just don't turn the ball over. If he could just make a couple of throws, they'll be fine. Make one to Kittle, Debo, a couple of times, they'll be fine. But what does he do against the Rams? And I get it. It was a hope for the best play. It was end of the game, and he just threw a ball up. But it's always, can Jimmy G not turn the ball over late where it kills you? Absolutely right. You remember when he did the Super Bowl, he overthrew. Who did he overthrow? He, he had a, oh, who was that? Um. I'm not even sure, but I know exactly the play yeah, you're talking yeah, about. He over, he overthrew it for a touchdown. Yeah, that would have been a ball game. I think, I think the 49ers was up like four points or three of the field goal, something like that. And that would have been ball game. They would have 10 with like three minutes left. Yeah, and that's a layup. You yeah. got to hit that. You you got to you got to hit that. At worst, at worst, you you can't overthrow it. At you know, if you underthrow, he can stop and get it, but you cannot overthrow that. Okay, you can't overthrow. You have to overcome nothing. It's never like, like I said, those guys can win. Just like I think the same thing with Daniel Jones and the Giants. I don't think he's horrible. I don't think Sam Donald is horrible. But everything has to be perfect for them. Everything has yeah. to be fine. And and with the, the way the NFL is now, it can't be like that. If you look at like the Broncos, Broncos got a lights out defense, got weapons all over the place, but they can't even get a playoffs because why? The quarterback quarterback they have a, they have a lot of young guys that's what make Aaron Rodgers want to potentially go to Denver because like, yo they got everything that you would need yeah they got talent they definitely Corlin Sutton Jerry Judy uh KJ Hamler Noah Fant Javante Williams was a star in his uh, uh rookie year so yeah. yeah yeah he step in there yeah they definitely can do do some damage make some noise and they took his uh offensive coordinator so you know people trying to connect the dots there we'll see uh, what happens? Um, as long as he don't go to Tennessee, I'm 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 good with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, the, the thing, and that's the thing. Like with Tua, he played us two weeks before. No, yeah, well, two or three weeks before Cincinnati played him. Tua made him look like John Elway, and look what he did. Tannehill did with the Bengals. He he stunk it up. That's who Tua. That's who Tannehill is. Yeah. Exactly. He's another don't, guy who can win you some he, games. Tannehill can win you yep. maybe seven out of eight. He could win you six out of seven, get you on the road, but do you really trust him in the face of your franchise? No. No. 
No, you just no. can't. And he showed why for the whole game. He showed why. Exactly. So let's get into this Brian Flores because again, this yeah, pertains yeah. to your your team, of course. Um, said that the owner was telling him he'll pay him a hundred thousand yeah. per game he lost. Now apparently, they're saying that's the season that the owner wanted Joe Burrow, and it was rumored that you guys wanted to trade up with Cincinnati. You was gonna give three first round picks, whatever, and Cincinnati wasn't having it. So, um, also. And it, it's well documented. I'm sure you're well in on it as that's your team. That Brian Flores wanted Justin Herbert in a draft. The owner GM wanted Tua. Also, Brian Flores wanted to trade Deshaun Watson and the owner and the GM didn't really want to do it. So, um, what's your feelings on this Brian Flores lawsuit and you know what your owner is being accused of? So. Just a few layers on this. First thing, if it's found out to be true, he needs to, he got to sell the team immediately. If that's yeah. found out to be true, he absolutely. Needs to sell the team absolutely immediately. There's no there's no room for that in any sport for that. Just blatant like that. The second thing is too is there's a lot of merit behind it because of like you said, the thing that took place that year. We wanted Burrow and then uh Floyd's wanted Herbert. So there's a lot of moving pieces that came into play. So see that will make sense. The third thing is too with Flores is the whole situation. Um, obviously with Ross and things like that. He just been a crappy owner. He, you know, for the last 20, 25 plus years since he owned the team, it's been crap. It has been no elevation. Even though I know like you get frustrated at the Jazz thing, but you did go to AFC Championship game. You did have, you know, Rams, you did have a great defense. You had, you know, you had you had some kind of light. Now you got Trevor Lawrence. Like as a Dolphins fan for 20 years, we haven't had that much light. You know what I mean? We haven't really had any possibilities. And then a guy like Flores comes and gets you two winning seasons straight. And then you fire him. And then you keep the crappy GM that been in for 20 years, draft, bad draft, which is, I just don't understand that part. So I think, um, first of all, I think he he definitely, if it's found true, and I I think it probably is, uh, he needs to definitely sell the team. I think he should have sold the team anyway. Um, I think owners, especially like, when you have your team has a history of being crappy, I think commissioners of leagues, I always felt like this, should audit the team and be like, okay, you're not upholding the standard of the NFL by having this crap on the field on the product. Either you change around or you have to forfeit your team or sell your team or something has to be done. Um, I know they would never do it because obviously Goodell know everybody likes money, but uh, some of the product that they put out there is horrible. And yeah. I, like as Dolphins fans, we deserve way better, you know what I mean, than what we were getting. Obviously, buying floors now. Um, obviously, you know, obviously bringing in uh, who we have now as a new head coach to see what's going on. But I think Ross definitely did it. I think it's going to come to the light that during the Mike McDaniel era, I think it's going to come to the light, and he eventually will have to sell the team. Yeah, there's there's no room for that. We said we we talked about it before, but we owners and owners especially because. You know, owners can't get fired. Obviously, yeah. they don't. They don't care. They don't mind tanking because yeah. they feel like they get a better player or whatever. Players are not trying to tank because because players not trying to tank. Coaches not trying to tank because coaches can get fired. Mm-hmm. Players are playing for their job. Some of them may not be on the same team next year. Some of them are auditioning for next year. Some of them are trying to play up to their contract or trying to get a new contract. So players aren't tanking. I put I put it like this: when the when the Jets and the Jags were fighting for number one pick last year. Jeff fans were hotly upset. Why, why are they trying to win the game? It's a simple concept. These players are playing. This is what this is their dream. This is what they do. This is their job. They're trying to compete, and they're not trying to lose the game. They're playing for their lives at this point. So they're not trying. They're not thinking about losing. They're not thinking about a draft pick coming in next year. They might not be on the team next year. Now, me personally, I I, I didn't want the Jaguars to tank. But I did want them to lose. I'm like, I'd rather, it, you know, at this point, we were sucking. I think we at it was like week 13. We were 1 in 12, 1 in 11. So I said, okay, what's the point of winning at this point? That's when I was rooting for to lose. But at the same time, I wouldn't be mad if we won. So I don't, I don't understand. But to get back on topic, um, Brian Flores also is pretty much about hiring practices when it comes to black coaches. Yeah. So, so 
Um, as we see, as it stands right now, the Saints and the Texans are the only teams that haven't hired coaches, and every coach that's been hired has been white. So I believe, I believe that there is a lot of merit to what Brian Flores is saying because we don't get the same – black coaches don't get the same leeway as white coaches do in certain situations. I'm not saying all because everything, every situation is different. But if you look at this, and I'm sure you probably got examples too, and I'm uh, let you voice your, your, uh, some of yours too. But you remember when Arizona had the number one pick and they took Josh Rosen. I forget the coach's name. It was black. I forget his name. But he got fired after one year. Normally, when you got the number one pick, and take it from me as a team with back to back number one picks, when you got number one pick, you're, well, you, you, your team just ain't, isn't good. Yeah, Rosen was the number 10th pick. Oh, he was 10. My bad. Yeah, you're yeah, right. He, he was number 10th pick. Yeah, so they they took they took Rosen, yep. And first time head coach, brand new rookie quarterback, and he I, I think he won three games. They fired him after one year. Now Cliff Kingsbury is the coach, and he won five games his first year, and to this day he's still the coach. It doesn't make any sense. And the crazy and the thing is, it's just time at the time at the time you see it. Um, even if you look at like the Texans, David Cully that just got let go. If there had been a white coach, they would have been like, Oh my goodness, he is the guru, he's a savant to win four games with that roster. Oh my god, he would have got upgraded to like um like the Broncos job, or he would have got something like a high a giant job. And yep. they, and they they let him go. Mike Tomlin. You know how many times people have called for his job? Mike Tom has never. Never. This season. Bill Belichick has. A lot of the most other coaches. Mike Tom has never had a below 500 season. Never. And, I, and that's crazy to even think about. It's been 15 years since he's never had it. But if you look at, like you said, David Cully got fired, not having his superstar quarterback play, Deshaun Watson, obviously. And now you're about the, – the Texans are <laughs> the, the – and it's so it's so fitting because right now apparently, and I'm it's a report out there, rumor out there that the Texans are down to Brian Flores and Josh McCown. Now let me paint the picture for y'all for Josh McCown. Now, if the name's not familiar, he played quarterback mostly backup for like 12, 13 seasons. He's been on a bunch of teams and good, decent career. He has not coached any level on NFL. Any NFL level at all, not a coordinator, not a special teams coach, nothing. He coached high school football in the Texans. He's a finalist for the Texans job, and that's what we're talking about. Joe Judge was a what? What was he? Wide receivers coach for uh, New England. Yeah, wasn't even a coordinator. Wide receivers coach got elevated from New England to the Giants' head coach, and you see how that worked out. He almost kept his job, but that that. Ridiculous press conference he had about former players texting him and they wish they still it did it, 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 it that pretty much was nail in the coffin for him. If you look at and this is going back a couple of years, obviously more than a couple of years, John Harbaugh was a special teams coach, got up upgraded, got hired, I should say, to the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Now, granted, he's been a good coach for them, but that's my point. I don't think any black coaches are going to get elevated from a special teams a wide receiver coach, or a high school football coach to the head NFL coach. Look at Ty Bowles, defensive coordinator of the Bucks, couldn't get a job. Byron Leftwich, and this hurts me because he should be, he should be the Jaguars coach right now. Super Bowl winning, call plays for Tom Brady. Even before that, a lot of people say, well, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Forgetting that Jameis Winston threw for 5,000 yards under Byron Leftwich. All I'm saying is we should let Leslie Frazier, D.C. for the Bills, number one defense in the league, no job. That's crazy. So Brian Flores has a lot to go on. It's a lot of examples out there. It's a lot of things going on that, you know, that are underneath, that a lot of people know about, and it, and it's obvious, but this is, like, damn near to the point where it's like, oh, this, this could be true. And it's a lot of examples. A lot of merit behind it because of things that have happened with the NFL or have that have not happened. The Rooney rule doesn't help because when it, it becomes lip service at the end of the day, where it's just I'm going to interview two minorities just because I have to, not because you want to, not because you think they qualify. And that's all we want. 
We want equal. If the black coaches qualify, the white coaches should give him an interview as well. But it shouldn't be a case of, I know the black coaches qualify. I know that. But I'm going to go with this white coach because I like, I just think he could be this as opposed to, and he's a high school coach. I think he could. The NFL has a bad habit of hiring white coaches with less credibility, less qualifications than a black coach. And the crazy thing is, though, too, with KB, what that is, uh, it happens time after time. Like I said, and it goes back to, like, the McDaniel hire. Not saying it's a bad hire, but you would think optic-wise, Rods, right? If you're the Dolphins, you just got beat down for a week about, you know, all this discrimination and everything. What do you think you want to maybe roll the dice and hire, like, Leftwich, hire, like, Eric B., hire, you know, different people like that? Like, it just... It's just like they're just staying on their square. Like, we are who we are, and you can't force us to hire who we want to hire, and we're going to do what we want to do. But at the end of the day, too, we live in a climate now where the more and more that happens, that happens, the more and more people are talking. And the problem is, too, is, um, and I've been saying this for years, but the ownership is there needs to be more diversity ownership. Because if you yeah. know, just how we look in life, people are going to hire who reflects them. These owners... Yep. 70, 80, 90 year old white man, they have no idea what a uh, 30, 40 year old black man, what it's like. They have no relatability to that. So um, when they're hired, they hire people who they know. Because even yep. they all these guards, they're like offensive guru, it's all set up, the, the, just the verbatim, the language. All these young white coaches, everybody's savant, a guru. See where you listen from the Zach Taylors to the McFays to the Shanahan to McDaniel to whoever it may be, it's always a guru, a savant, this and that. But when it comes to, you know, black coaches, oh, he's just a defensive guy. Oh, somebody else makes the plays. It's always a but. But it's never yep. him. You get what I'm saying? It's never a but with them. Yeah. Like you haven't even heard about Shanahan calling the plays. We know that because we we, we, we know football. Most people don't they don't even talk because they don't talk about it in the public that Shanahan talk plays. But Eric B, every five minutes, no, he don't he don't call the plays. He don't call the plays. He don't call the plays. Leftwich, the problem with Oh, he had a stack offense. He had a stack offense. But what do you want him to have? You going to um, come from the bottom. If you came from the bottom and develop like David Cully, you don't still get another chance. So what do you want people to do? Like it's like you damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know what I mean? So if you go to a bottom feeder team and you uplift them, kind of like what David Cully was doing, you're gonna get fired. But if you do have a stacked team, they use that against you. So you know what I mean? It just just like Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor's a trash head coach. He just they just drafted well. Now he's seen as this as like goo. I'm like, no, you drafted Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. They changed the franchise around. It was just like the same thing, not to even go another top. Just like when Scotty Brooks was an OKC. When he put he was seen as a great coach. I'm like, yes, because he has Westbrook and Durant. You know what I mean? That's what makes him a great coach. Now you don't even hear about the guy. So you got five from nope. the city. So all the time at the time at the time, they're giving tools, they're giving things like that. Um not even to oh, go off off track something else. Look at Steve Nash. What happened in Brooklyn? We will never get those kind of opportunities. Josh McCown, he doesn't have any coaching experience at all, and he you, you're going to trust him to lead a team with no experience, a team that needs a lot already, that's already a burning uh, building in Texans. You're going to get him to lead you, but you got veterans, Byron Leftridge, who was – Josh McCown was in the league, but Byron Leftridge was at least a starter, at least had a decent career. You got Eric Benjamin, who has been a great offense coordinator for years, and you're gonna take that guy. This is laughing. You know what I mean? Just, but, and the crazy kids, you have um, you know who's on that staff? What's the guy's name? Um, Lovey Smith. Yeah. Lovey Smith on the staff. He's the defensive coordinator. Yeah, but you know, you know what? And you, I'm glad you mentioned Josh McCown again because you mentioned David Cully at the same time. I guarantee you. If Josh McCown wins two games next year, let's say Deshaun don't play, I guarantee if Josh McCown wins two games like next year, if he gets the job, and remember David Cully won four this year, I guarantee you Josh McCown will keep it will keep his job the following year. And that's what and that's the problem. And like you and you piggyback off what you said too. You said it's always a but. Very true. Because I'm gonna I'm break it down like this. You mentioned Byron Leftwich. People always oh, it's Tom Brady, it, it it's Bruce Arians offense. It's Byron Leftwich called the plays Tom Brady vouched for him. 
Brian Leftwich also is the offensive coordinator of when Jameis Winston threw for 5,000 yards. Let's go to Eric Bieniemy. You want to talk about Andy Reid calls a place. Yes, originally he did, but then Bieniemy started calling plays for the last couple of years, and that and even that's not good enough because he barely got any any coaching uh, interviews this cycle. Okay, he ain't. Oh well, Brian Bieniemy don't call the plays. Oh, he got Mahomes. He don't got to do nothing. That's always this huge. Like you said, it's a but. But let me turn to the other side. Zach Taylor never called plays when he was on Show Me Bay staff. Kevin O'Connell, the most recent offensive coordinator of the Rams, who was, will be obviously offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl coming up. Kevin O'Connell does not call the plays. Show Me Bay does. Guess what Kevin O'Connell got? The Vikings head coach job. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan calls the plays in, for, in, in San Francisco. We just mentioned Mike McDaniel gets the job with the, with the Dolphins. Mind you, Kyle Shanahan called the plays. Not him. Not McDaniel. Shanahan does, but here we are. When nothing's being said, oh no, it's not. Oh, he no, no, he don't call a play. But if it's Byron Leftwich, if it's Eric Bieniemy, that's the argument. But then when McDaniel and guys like that, Zach Taylor, O'Connell get hired, n- no mention of it. They don't call a play. But yet here we are. They got a, they got three head coaching jobs without calling a play. Mm-hmm. And, and what the crazy is too is what. Um, but McDaniel, like you said, you don't even hear about him not calling the plays or things like that. And also, too, um, to even take it to another level is that with a lot of guys, like you said, a lot of these um guys, like Kellen Moore, right, with the Cowboys, he was like the golden child all year. He's going to get yep. the next year, right? The only reason he got pushed down the aisle was because he was, did such a stupid calls during the playoff game, and that, that kind of jumped his name. But he was a golden boy. And he all- was. I don't know time you see that. It's just like, I'm like, yo, how's he? Uh, he's a golden boy. He just became offensive coordinator. He's not even that good of a, a, a play caller, as you can see in the playoff game. And he's a golden boy. And it's time after time after time after time after time, the disrespect that a lot of these coaches get to the fact that, um, what's his name? He said the same thing about the Browns and the same thing that uh Floyd was saying. Uh, what's his name? Hugh, Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. The Browns was uh, throwing games too. You know what I mean? So now everyone is like, oh, well, Oh, you and the thing is crazy is that it's so insulting that it'll be like, oh, well, you know, the NFL makes all these black millionaires and people are complaining and things like that. People aren't complaining. People are just saying what's fair and what's right and what's not. As a black heck, as a black coordinator or someone that wants to coach the NFL, you know the hurdles you have to go through. You know all the mountains, but it's like, damn, it's 2022. Do I keep have to go on these mountains? And they keep insulting us. It's not like they're saying, okay. Like Mike, when um Mike McCarthy was hired as the Cowboys, had no issue. He's a Super Bowl champion. I don't think he's that good of a coach, but I had no issue. He he paved the way. The problem is, is we getting the McDaniel's, we getting the McCowns, we getting all these guys, the Nate and uh Denver that don't pay their dues and just get these opportunities because why these owners see reflection in these people and they don't see reflection in our black head coaches that our, our black coordinators, our black people that are black uh coaches that should be head coaches and it's really disgusting. Like how you how we have less head coaches in twenty twenty two than we had in twenty two thousand seven. We have one. Yeah one. One and it's probably unless Flores gets hired, it's gonna be it's just gonna stay at one. And the crazy thing is going back even uh more years when Colin Kaepernick was going through his thing, our issue was I'm not trying to hear that some of these quarterbacks are better than Colin Kaepernick. Uh, it was uh, it was the whole thing about the point, oh, he didn't do well in the 49ers. Let's be honest. That team sucked. And Kaepernick was not that bad, honestly, on that team. But when what the the nail in the coffin for me was when Washington, I think all three of the quarterbacks got hurt or something like something crazy that doesn't happen often. And they brought back Mark Sanchez, Josh Johnson. And I'm not trying to hear anybody argument that Josh Johnson or Mark Sanchez or Nathan Peterman is better than Colin Kaepernick. I'm not trying to hear it. And and that was their argument, their their argument and rebuttal to uh, to people saying Kaepernick should be in the league. Their rebuttal was like, oh, well, look at his record, look at that, which I always just tell people, Kaepernick, and we're not saying that Kaepernick needs to be on the same level as Aaron Rodgers, Brady. No. Tell me that out of all the starters and all the backups, he's not better than nobody in the league. Now we're not being honest, man. We're lying. Yeah, yeah, that that's just not true, and I, and that's that's where that's where, that's where it becomes like a whole thing. Like, yeah, okay, now now you now you're just lying. Yeah, it's insulting. I'm just like, yo, are you? Are you really gonna say that? 
that he's not that bad. I'm like, okay, cool, got you. And the same thing, like I said, on the lower level, even with Cam, I know Cam has deteriorated, but when he was in Carolina, they let him go. He had to go through that witch hunt to get another team. I'm like, Cam was at that time better than some of the starting quarterbacks. Now he, he's aggressed a lot. Uh, but then I'm just like, it just doesn't make any sense to me, man. It just doesn't make sense. Like, and also too, it's like also to go back to like the whole coaching position or things like that. It validates everything Forrest is saying that yo, you bring Eric Benemy be in on with like you said, he he came to Saints thing. He's not gonna get that real opportunity. He's just checking off a box. You know what I mean? It yeah, just, and that and saying. that is exactly the problem. That's that's the basis of Brian Flores' lawsuit because, you know, like I said, the Rooney rule in in retrospect is I get what – we all get what it's trying to do. The problem is you just – these owners are just doing it to reach a quota. That's all they're doing. It's not anything serious. I'm not saying every owner is like that, but a lot of owners, I'm not hiring him. It's just I'm bringing him in because I have to as opposed to I want to. I fully believe that Shaq Khan wanted to bring Byron Leftwich in, and that's fine. But it turned turns around other owners. They just did it just because they have to, and that's what it comes down to. So, I mean, I I got a feeling this is going this is going to go very long into the next season. It's going to be a thing for a while. And NFL already came out. Oh, uh, his his lawsuit holds no merit, which is not true. It's a lot of merit. A lot of examples behind it so i don't think the nfl is just going to be able to just get away and just say oh no nothing's wrong nothing happened or whatever because if i'm brian flores and i was texted that about brian dable and then john elway showing up to you know the interview an hour or late i would have a problem too so because because if brian flores showed up to that interview an hour late we talk about a whole different story Mm-hmm. And Elwood was drunk and everything. And the crazy thing is, JB, you would think that we'd be like, let's just act. maybe just act like we give a damn. Let's hire somebody because we got all this firestorm on us. They're still not hiring black people. They're still not. There's nope. To the fact now where there's, I, I was listening to ESPN coming home tonight, there's white night now, radio people like, yo, this is crazy. Like, you know, that, that, that doesn't make no sense. You got all this fire under your, uh, your butt and you're still not. That's just how tight knit you are. You're still not. You know what I mean? You're still not moving the needle with these guys. These guys going to come in and you got the same thing before 13, 3 and 13, things like that. And that's what happened. Like, I, it was just so insulting to me when people like Cincinnati, Zach Taylor turned that around a friend. No, he did not. Burrow and Chase did. You put Brian left in Cincinnati, they'll be in the Super Bowl. Put Eric B there. Put whoever you want there. Put Brian Forge as a coach. They would have been in the, the Super Bowl this year, no matter who their coach was. Because if, if that was the truth, they were, they were 2 and 14 without Burrow. His first year, they were horrible. Yep. You just get Player, better. Players matter too. Yeah, I'm like, he, he just got better. He got a franchise quarterback and he got Jamar Chase that, that got T. Higgins. He just got better as a team. They got better players. They are, and they had talent originally too. Like before, I mean, they, before Chase got there, before Burrow got there. And they had T, like you said, they had Tyler Boyd, they had Joe Mixon. So they had they had, they had some talent. They just they had to do a couple more things, get draft. They needed a quarterback. Obviously, you need a quarterback. They needed another receiver. Jamar Chase was that turn around. You know they they did well in free agency. So it's, it's a process all over. But you know I I just feel like like I said this this whole lawsuit isn't going anywhere. It's going to be a lot more coming out. I see it. You know, like you said, Hugh Jackson was talking. Uh, I believe I forget who it was. It was a play. I think it was one of the McCourty brothers mentioned. That, oh, you McCourty, that in the Browns. You need to, you need yeah, to... the Browns were tanking, which doesn't that they they it doesn't surprise me to be honest. It really doesn't. All that stuff that is coming out now, I fully already believe. So, uh, we gonna see where it goes from here with Brian Flores. I hope your Dolphins do well. I'm hoping guys do well. We'll see. Cause we I I know how you feel and <laughs> he's. It's been up and down, up and down, up and down, and it, even the last two years, I've been so close to not just not getting it. Then I fire our coach, and I, it's in essence, y'all starting all over. So um, we'll definitely get up during the off season. We're gonna see, you know, what what happens in the draft, free agency. You know, I know you got your your coach, your coach's press conference probably coming up. We can talk about that. Yeah. Um, I know Doug Peterson just did his. I ain't get a chance to watch it yet, but I'm gonna make sure I watch it because I got I got I got a lot to talk about about the Jags. So. 
we're going to get up. We're going to talk more during the offseason. We're going to talk about some NBA. I'm going to have to get up on my NBA stuff because for obvious reasons, we talked about it off, off air. I'm not really on the NBA right now. Yeah, but yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely uh, talk about it. So appreciate you coming on, and uh, we're going to definitely have you back. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you, KB. I really enjoyed the conversation, man. Yep, yep. Check my man out, Mr. Urban Sports on Twitter, doing a lot of good things in the sports world. Check him out, check him out. So when I come back, I just mentioned Doug Peterson, Jaguars' new coach. We're going to find – we're going to see. I got to watch this press conference because I didn't get a chance to before I go go in on it and go in on Shaq Khan, which I don't need a lot of help. <laughs> so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Yes, sir. Now, this was originally going to be an absolute mugging <laughs> of Shaq Khan's coaching process, but got some good news that Doug Peterson is not a head coach. So I get to talk some good vibes at least, but I'm going to get this coaching disaster of a search, coaching search disaster off my chest. Let's be honest here. Shaq Khan completely botched this coaching search. His clear top three was Matt Eberflus, who went to Chicago. Nathaniel Hackett, who went to Denver, and Byron Leftwich. Rumors came out that Byron Leftwich would be the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and fans absolutely lost it. Byron, Le Byron Leftwich jerseys. Man, we, we were excited. The prodigal son, so to speak, comes home. He doesn't save us being drafted. He saves us as a coach. It was a great story. It was, it was all set up. It was set up, man. It was, man, it it was, it was going to be a sight to see, to say the least. E. Dilla dropped it, and me included was just happy because that's who I wanted. Originally, Byron started off as a sentiment of favorite to me because, obviously, we drafted him. He was a quarterback here, and he knows the town, the city. He knows. So I said, he's perfect. We need a culture change. We need a young guy to come in here and, and be here for a while instead of us cycling through coaches every three, four years or whatever, sometime one year. And I just wanted – that's what that's what I think fans were leaning to. But I think everybody had their top three fan-wise. Everybody had their top three guys that they wouldn't they wouldn't mind, had some other people that you were like, no, I don't want them. And that, I was the same way. Shia Khan needs to be honest. He was not letting go of Trent Baalke. He wasn't. And the rumor is Byron said, I'm not working with Trent Baalke. I want my own GM, which I respect Byron for because the rumor was around the senior bowl. It was saying that Byron made the wrong decision by saying he didn't want to work with Trent Baalke. I mean, when you want to succeed and you feel like somebody in the room or in the organization is not going to be beneficial to you when it comes to succeeding, I can't blame him. I'm, I respect him for sticking to his guns. And here we are. Shaq Khan got cold feet. I don't think he wanted a first-time coach, in my opinion. But he also the same person that hired Urban Meyer. Not get Urban Meyer coach college, not the NFL. He's still a first-time NFL head coach. He also hired Dave Caldwell, who was a first-time GM. Also Gus Bradley. Not get it, all those didn't work out. But my point is, you've done it before. Not to mention the two Super Bowl coaches, Sean McVay, Zach Taylor, our first-time head coaches. They haven't been the, they're not a retread. They haven't been NFL head coaches before this. I'm not saying everything just goes rosy like that because it doesn't, but my point is you get the right person for the job, not because you're scared of something. The man wore a teal suit to the interview, his first one. He wanted it. He waited to see what they were going to do and nothing. The rumor is also Tom Brady called Shah Khan. To vouch for Byron, I don't know what else. <laughs> I really don't know what else Byron can do. I really don't. It, it was just Shotcon, maybe Trent Baalke too, just not pulling the trigger. So, Byron, I wish he was here. I wish he would have coached, but it didn't work out, unfortunately. So that led to them circling back, because I feel like I don't. I don't care how Shotcon tries to spin it, and I'll get to that later because of the press conference. Doug Peterson was not in his top list. Might have been four, might have been five, who knows. But he tried to circle back. You, It took you 33 days, I believe it was, between first and second interviews. But somehow someone else wanted to believe that Doug Peterson was always the choice. No, I'm not trying to hear that. 
So he went back the second interview with Doug Peterson. Did an interview with Rich Bashata. Uh, I might be. Uh, I think I got it right. <laughs> I'm sorry. And Kevin O'Connor, who <laughs> who he couldn't even interview until after the Super Bowl because he didn't request an initial interview. And then Minnesota ended up hiring him, which is hilarious to me, which just led to the disaster as it was going. We had a head start. We got a head start. And I knew, honestly, that wouldn't mean anything because there were coordinators that you are going to want to interview, you know, after the playoffs over, you want that second interview. You don't want to hire anybody off of one interview. I'm sure of that. So I didn't think it would be that big of a deal, but still to have that head start and still have this kind of play out, man, it is what it is. It's to the point where fans are wondering, what does Trent Baalke have on Shaka? What is it? I don't think anybody will ever know. Or if that's the case, but at the same time, that's like the only explanation as to keeping him because his reputation is trash. It's not good. It's really not. Local media, national media, fans have been on Trent Baalke's head for a while now because of his reputation, because of what people think about him, because of what he's done, what he did in San Francisco. Five times he's been involved in the front office five years in a row i'm not saying in a row actually because he was let go by san francisco and then came here i think maybe two years later but he fired jim harbaugh jim tom sula chip kelly he was there when duck marone got fired and he was part of every meyer firing but somehow some way coaches are supposed to just say oh no problem it's cool there's no reason for any coach to hit, hitch his wagon to a, a GM like that. None. If you're known for firing coaches, why am I even taking a job? If I want to succeed. That's easy. I'm not. So the question is, does Shaq can't even care? If you don't care, hand over, sell a team, hand over, you know, day-to-day operations, which again, I'll get into, uh, when I talk about Doug Peterson's press conference, because he mentioned some things about that, which I'm all for, because I just feel like he doesn't care enough to do anything about it. He hasn't had a fresh start since 2013 when we hired Caldwell and Gus Bradley as coach, Caldwell as GM. He hasn't done it. He's always promoted one from within. And at some point, you had to realize a fresh start is what's needed. If ever it was a time for it, it was right now. Sometime, man, you know, you you feel like you're at rock bottom. You feel like everything isn't going your way, and there's nothing else. You've never been at this point. And Shah Khan, <laughs> way to go, always finds a way to, for it to be brand new every single time. Just when I think this is rock bottom, just when Jaguars fans think this is rock bottom, Shah Khan introduces us to a brand new rock bottom. Way to go. Any optimism? Originally, actually, before Doug Peterson got hired, any optimism was dead because we we go into these seasons, we go to off season thinking, man, we got a shot to do something. And then not only does optimism get killed on the field, then it gets killed on off season too, and we're just like, wow, <laughs> we, we were so excited, and all of a sudden, just just nothing comes. I'll be cursed. That's a whole nother topic. But the bot search, man, it, it 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 looked bad, it was bad, and it exactly everybody deserved to kill it because even as fans were, media was as well. It wasn't good. It could have all been so simple. Fire Trent Baalke, get a GM, let a GM hire the coach, and we would have been good. Off and running. Off and running. Now, Luckily, somehow we backed into a good hire, I believe. Because as I see coaches getting snatched up and stuff and coaching staffs being put together, I just couldn't help but feel like we were behind the eight ball. Hopefully that's not the case. But here we are. Doug Peterson is the new coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. First of all, I wouldn't mind hiring him in the first place. The problem I have is the process. But luckily, I feel like we still got a good candidate because I believe Doug Peterson was my 2A, 2B. I wanted Byron number one. And 
two way to be was Dayball and Doug Peterson. I think I wanted Brian Dayball last year, and you know, I, I, I again, I would have been fine with Doug Peterson had not been for the search, the way the search went, which I think a lot of casual fans had know nothing about of how it went. It was just a disaster. So Doug Peterson, first thing I noticed, first thing I liked, I should say, is that he acknowledged fans. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, I know you've been through a lot. We have, man. We have. I know he talked about last season, but even before that, man, we just been we we just want to win. It's really, it's really not that hard. It's really not hard to see what fans want. We want to win. You know, we would kill for a 500 record. Do you understand? How in that we've been since Shotcon been an owner? Playoffs one time. Double digit winning seasons one time. And that was when we went to the playoffs. We just want to win. We want to be consistently good. We have we feel like most fans of us, most fans feel like we have the quarterback. And that's half the battle right there because it's hard to get a quarterback, man. And the way AFC is right now with Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, uh uh Justin Herbert, Mahomes, Lamar Jack, it's only gonna get worse. So you have to have that quarterback, man. You have to. Is that's just what it is? As I talked about with um, Nate on a previous segment, you have to have the quarterback, and I feel like we have that. But now it's time for you to help him out. Shah Khan's whole thing is that he claimed that he wanted to interview everybody, which I was okay with because last year, let's be honest, it was Urban Meyer' job. Plain and simple. If Urban wanted it, it was his. Don't matter who else came into the picture. So it wasn't interviewing a bunch of people. It just did it just for show, just be, just in case Urban didn't want the job. I'm happy to see that players came to the press conference. I saw Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson, Josh Allen, Chase on. So I saw a couple of guys, and I, I feel like that's a good, that's a good uh that's a good omen for for the team. I hope. I'm, I'm, you know what? Shout out to Jaguars Media, bro, because they they ask the right questions, and I I, I give them credit for that because sometimes uh, some people are scared to ask tough questions because you know for whatever reason, and so they don't. But I give a lot of credit to Jaguars Media because they ask the tough questions. The whole this time I got it right thing. I'm happy they asked that because now <laughs> a year later we're doing the same thing. So you didn't get it right. Front office restructure was mentioned. Shotcon mentioned strengthening the front office, which I think is desperately needed, and that's why I was kind of alluding to before. Rick Spielman been a name. The former GM, uh, Vikings GM has been thrown around, and I hope that comes to fruition because he's been a very good drafter. Um, I just hope I just hope we do that. We can't have Trent Baalke as the main decision maker. I'm sorry. If we got to deal with him, he can't be the prime, prime decision maker. So Shotcon mentioned about uh, EVP. They, they filed – for the request also they want to put somebody somebody under bulky which i'm okay with as well i really still want bulky gone but it 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 ain't happening it ain't happening unfortunately so also jaguars media asked shotgun straight up about bulky why didn't you make a change and shotgun said I want the best people around me. And it was such an awkward silence for about five to seven seconds after that. <laughs> it was golden, man. It really was. And is it, silence is golden, man. Right there, it was. He had a pin drop in there. Okay, shot. I'm not trying to hear that. What I will say, one thing I will say that I like the Trent Balky said, and I, I believe that's true. The cupboard is not bare as far as the roster goes, which I, I agree with that. We can make a quick turnaround if done right. Will we? I don't know. It remains to be seen. I'm not getting my hopes up for a quick turnaround because I'll be out my mind if we don't do it. So I'm just hoping for progress at the end of the day. But absolutely, the cupboard is not bare. We I feel like we have the quarterback. We have two good running backs. Hopefully both of them uh, come back come back healthy from their injuries. I know Jay Rouse is so late in the year. This sucks. But hopefully they both come back healthy. Uh like Josh Allen, Cisco. We had a our draft class last year wasn't that bad. A couple of guys we gotta still see more from, but actually towards the end of the season, 
look like a decent draft class. You don't get redos very often. And I said this before, and just talking to friends and talking to, you know, other Jaguar fans, you don't get a redo very often. But here we are with no more pick all over again. Once again, having a lot of salary cap money. I think last year we had the most. This year we're top three. So we still have a lot of money. You don't get a redo. And in this case, we get to redo it by already having the quarterback. This is the perfect time to get it together. There's no excuses at this point. And I know it's not, uh, Doug Peterson also said it's not going to be an overnight fix, which is true. But I think if everything is done correctly, if everything is done for the most part correctly, we could challenge for the division. If we put things around Trevor Lawrence, and Doug Peterson also said that, our job is to find more good pieces to put around him. Absolutely, that's our job. You have the cap. You have the draft picks. You have everything you need to put a lot of talent around him. Now, I'm not saying, again, we're going to go 14-3 and and make the Super Bowl next year. No. But you build to the point where Trevor's comfortable. You make sure he's protected. And I hope we take Evan Neal number one. Might change, but I don't think so. And then you go from there. Frazier would be very telling about what we do. But I honestly think Evan Neal should be number one pick. But it's not time to be cheap in free agency either. This is the time to spend the money that you have while Trevor's on a rookie deal. Spend. That's what we did in 2017. Look, look all the free agents we got. We signed the year before. We signed like five or six that impacted everything. Then we had guys that was already drafted. Ngakwe, Ramsey, Jack, Telvin Smith. That's what you got to do. It's a mixture. It's a It's a nice balanced mixture. So, Trim Barkley also said one thing, and this is what I don't, I didn't like what he said. He says an overused question when it comes to who makes the decisions. It's not an overused question because if somebody's a better decision maker than somebody else, then that's not a good thing. Because if I, I can, I can use Miami Dolphins. <coughs> Speaking of Nate, Brian Flores. Wanted Justin Herbert. Management, GM, owner, wanted Tua. How's that working out for the Dolphins right now? Granted, granted. I know the Chargers haven't made the playoffs, but if you're sitting here telling me that Tua is a better quarterback than Justin Herbert, you need to go to the eye doctor. So that's my point. I'm not saying every everybody's wrong or right, but Decision maker does matter, but at the same time, it has to be unified. And he did mention that also. It does have to be unified because everybody has to be do a collaborative effort to make sure that everything is done right. Or or if and differences are going to happen, of course. Different individuals, people are going to see things differently. But you gotta have a collaborative effort to make sure that it's done right. And that's what it comes down to, man. That's what it comes down to. Doug Peterson also said he want to call plays, which I'm okay with. I, I just want to win. And I think every Jaguar fan feels like that. And just when we thought they sucked our optimism, Doug Peterson trying to get it right back. It's going to be very telling what we do in free agency for me to get back on, on the bus, so to speak. But I'm happy that we got one of the guys I thought we should get and we didn't have to settle for, I don't know, I don't, I don't even know who else is out there. I just didn't want to settle at the end of the day. Go get your guy. They feel like they got their guy, and I guess I just got to roll with it and see what happens. So welcome to Jacksonville, Doug Peterson. Hope you do well. I would love a Super Bowl. Please help. Help. I want to see one. Please. <laughs> so hopefully everything goes well with Jacksonville. I'll be playing paying a close Close, very close attention to what's going on with them. Free agency, the draft, all that good stuff leading up to it. And, um, you know, there that's that. I feel like there's going to be a lot of movement during the offseason, so I can't wait to talk about that stuff. We got a month. We got well, what we got coming up this Sunday is the Super Bowl. Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon against the Rams, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Von Miller, Cooper Cup, who was a bad man, by the way. I promise to bring the homie Ugo on. We got to talk about, we got a Super Bowl preview, Super Bowl preview. 
So when I come back, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to talk about the next episode, a little preview. Stay tuned. Next time on a troll show, now I know what I said. I haven't paid attention <laughs> to the NBA too much for obvious reasons, for my own personal reasons with my favorite team. It's just, uh, that's a, I could do a whole segment, a whole show on that. But that's a, for another place, another time. The trade deadline is here. Big trade happened. Who gets better? All that good stuff. Also, I think we got a Super Bowl this week. So, going to get my man Uo thoughts on that. Myself as well. Who wins? Bengals, Rams, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. Who takes it home? I'm going to get my predictions. I'm going to get Ugo's predictions. So, we'll see you next time. Appreciate you listening. Taking your time out. Peace.